Would you grab your Bible and stand with me? Do you mind? Let's honor the reading of God's Word from Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter number 1. Our text will be verses 17 and 18. John is speaking here, and he said these words, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I'm the living one. I was dead, but now I'm alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades or death and hell. Let's pray. Father, thank you for connecting my ministry today to this great church. And I pray, Lord, in the next few moments that you will receive glory from our partnership today. Lord, thank you for your divine presence that we already feel in this house. Thank you that you have supernaturally descended upon us, and we know that you are here. Now I pray anointing of both upon me on those that are about to receive. May it not be just another Sunday morning service. May we have a divine appointment and a divine visitation from heaven. In Jesus' name is my prayer. And all God's people said, amen. You may be seated if you promise to amen the preacher. Wave. We're going to have fun. Look at this. Everybody. Wonderful. Listen, I I know some of you are note takers. I'm pretty easy to follow, and I do that on purpose. So uh, we're going to have three points today. Also let you know right up front. Sometimes preachers, we're jumping all over, you know, the Bible. We preach sermons from Genesis to Revelation. Today, we're staying in these two verses, and we're unpacking this. Right here, we're going to have three points and a message I'm going to call when we cannot get to God, when we cannot get to God. Would you give me just about three to five minutes. It's very important for me to give some background here and some some history here. So say to your neighbor right now, give that preacher five minutes before he preaches. Give him five minutes. Okay, some of y'all not playing my game up here, all right? Yeah, so, so give me, this background is important, but it's really teaching and biblical history, but it's important, then, then we're going to preach, all right? So Our character of reference here is a man by the name of John. If you've been in church at all and you've studied this, you know that he is referred to as John the Revelator. When we pick this story up in verses 17 and 18, we find that John is marooned on an island called Patmos. Now, let me tell you this. The island of Patmos was an island located four miles off the coast of Ephesus. In case you aren't familiar with the history of it, During that time, it would be equivalent to what you and I would know today as the death penalty. And here's why. What they would do during this day is they would put prisoners on a boat in Ephesus, take them out four miles, drop them off on an island called Patmos, and leave them to die. Now, at that time, there was no vegetation there. It's surrounded by salt water. Unless somebody can swim four miles back to Ephesus, they're going to die on the Isle of Patmos. So this was the process repeated during this time of of writing. They put these prisoners on the boat, take them out, drop them off, leave them to die, the equivalent of the death penalty for us. So what we didn't read in the prior verses, just a couple of more minutes here, is that they have put John on that boat with prisoners, 
taken him to the Isle of Patmos and dropped him off and left him to die. However, friends, John didn't commit any crime. He was not convicted of anything. The only thing the Bible says that he did was he was faithful to the call and cause of Jesus Christ. So now before I move forward in this message, can I just make sure all of our hearts are connected here? Can I just make sure that you all are agreeing with me? How many of you would say today in agreement with me, look, that's not fair. John is treated like a hardened criminal just for being faithful to Jesus. He didn't do anything wrong. I mean, if John... He, he, he had the right to get off of that boat, go find a rock on the Isle of Patmos and sit down and get the old poor me's. <laughs> How many ever had the old poor me's? <laughs> yes, yeah. I'm giving altar call for liars if y'all don't get your... Huh? We've been there, right? He had a right to look up to God and say, this isn't fair. I didn't do anything. I'm being treated like all these criminals. And here I am separated, isolated, all by myself, and I don't deserve it. See, the fact is, you and I can relate. We've all had circumstances and situations in our life that came to us that wasn't our fault. I didn't do it. But yet, I'm paying the price for doing it. And we pray our prayers, but we feel like, man, I'm out here on the Isle of Patmos today, and I didn't do anything to deserve that. The reality is, if I could just use this stage, please, for a moment, it's a spectrum of life. Okay, we're going to go all the way across. Here's what I know. Preaching in just a couple of minutes, I promise. I know that I'm preaching to some people in this church today, and you're all the way down here on this end of the spectrum of life. And here's what I mean by this. Life's pretty good for you today. It's not bad. Your health is good. Your bills are paid. Your family's intact. I mean, really, you have nothing to complain about. You know, you might, but really, you, if you were telling the truth, life, life's just not real bad for you right now. It's just, it's just pretty good. And there are people like that in this church this morning, and in every church this morning. But I also know this, there are also people in this church all the way on the other end. You're facing some of the worst days of your life. You got bad report from the doctor, don't know how you're going to pay your bills, family's in disarray, something come up. I mean, you're sitting in church today, but times are tough. It's hard for you. But also know this, there are some people that fall about right here. Some people that fall about right here. These aren't the best days of your life, and these aren't the worst days of your life. And you, you might say, boy, I'm just kind of leaning this way. I just hope y'all getting this. I'm getting tired up here, folks, all right? Huh? And the truth is, had I been here last Sunday, you might have fallen at a different place. Because stuff happens, doesn't it? Some of the worst days of our life, some of the... Wouldn't you believe that for John the Revelator, he's all the way on this end? These are some of the worst days of his life, and he doesn't deserve it. Here's what I want to say to you before we go to my main points. 
It doesn't matter today where you fall on the spectrum of life. We all have one thing in common in this house. We need God to come to us. Oh, that's easy to preach to people down here, I know. Things are hard, life's tough, hang in, that's what we preachers do, that's what other believers do, hang in there. But can I tell you, even if these are the best days of your life, you need heaven to come down and glory to fill your soul today. We need an encounter from a living God, no matter where we're at on the spectrum of life. And sometimes we're like John the Revelator, this isn't fair, and I'm going through this, and what's going on in the world, just craziness everywhere. And we've prayed every prayer we know to pray. We're implementing every principle that Pastor Gary is teaching us. We're trying to do what's right. And we still can't feel like we can get to God. Come on, Lake City. Here's the turning point today. When we can't get to God, God will come to us. God will come to us. If you're out of energy today spiritually, if you're emotionally drunk, Can I just tell you, heaven wants to come down and fill your soul. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Jesus is invading this place today. He'll come to us. He'll come to us. He'll come to us. Come on, everybody shout, do it, God. Do it, God. The way I see it, and I want to unpack these two verses. Jesus showed up on the Isle of Patmos. Here's what I see. He came in three ways. Number one, everybody shout, here we go. Number one, he came as comforter. Comforter. Look at these words in verse 17 again. John said, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. Comforter. My goodness, I'm on the Isle of Patmos. I don't deserve to be here. I got so much chaos going on in my life. Jesus shows up and first words he says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Now, I love to preach this verse, and I do it with a smile on my face, kind of. Because John the Revelator at this point is marooned. He's all by himself on this island. He thinks nobody else is there. The prior verses said when Jesus showed up and he spoke, his voice sounded like a trumpet. Can I just ask you a question real quick? Have you ever walked into your house, thought you were the only one at home, somebody made a noise, and you got a head start on the rapture? Huh? How many like me and you raised in church? Come on, lift your hands. Some of you raised in church. You ever have rapture scares when you're a kid? Huh? You remember those? I, I came home. Mom and dad's supposed to be home. They ain't home. I'm thinking, dear Jesus, I missed it. <laughs> I had one deacon in our church I always called Brother Mustaine. If I called Brother Mustaine and he answered the phone, Jesus didn't come. I want you, I know. <laughs> I called him every time. Scare me to death sometimes. The rapture scared. Now, here's the reason I went down that road. John thinks he's all by himself. Jesus shows up and speaks, but his voice sounds like a trumpet. Now, y'all sitting there awful cool, calm, and collect right now, but I'm going to tell you this. 
If you think you're all by yourself and somebody blows a trumpet behind you, you're going to move. You're going to react, even those of you that say, I'm just not emotional. Yes, you are. So then do you catch what the scripture said? You know what John did when he heard the voice? He fell out. (laughs) Don't judge him. (laughs) He fell out. I might have too. But now here's what I love. The Bible said Jesus came to John and placed his right hand on him. Can I just pause and give you personal opinion? Insert personal opinion, personal opinion. I believe the moment that Jesus laid his hand on John, John knew who was touching him before he ever spoke. And here's why I believe this, friends. I believe this because I go back to the story on the top of the Mount of Transfiguration. You remember that story? Who was present? Peter, James. Scares me only five of you knew that, huh? (laughs) Peter, James, and John. If you read that story, it's the same thing. The glory comes, they all fell out, and what Jesus do? He did the same thing. He walked to each of them and placed his right hand on them. So John had felt that touch before. So now we fast forward to the Isle of Patmos, and Jesus is laying his hand on John. John's felt that before. He knew that touch. Lift your hand in this house. If you have felt that touch from heaven too, do you know what John is feeling? I believe the moment Jesus touched him, John knew that Jesus had showed up. And I'm preaching right now, but please know in my heart, I'm asking the Lord to walk through this group of people right here and just start laying his hands on people. Somebody needs a comforting touch in this place today. Somebody needs the holy hand of heaven just to reach out. I believe, I believe, I believe that one touch from heaven can change everything, ladies and gentlemen. One touch from Jesus can take Take us from there to there. Touch us today, God. Then he didn't just touch him. He spoke. He talked to him. He said, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. It's my understanding you heard a message on fear a couple of weeks ago. Jesus shows up. First words, do not be afraid. In the Word of God, the Bible tells us to fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Fear over and over and over again. Don't be afraid. Boy, Lynn, you're really lingering on this. Somebody needs to hear. Do not be afraid. Lynn, you don't know what the doctor told me this week. Do not be afraid. Lynn, I'm running out of money. Before I run out of month, do not be afraid. When you can't get to God, he's going to come to you. He's going to come as comforter. And there is still a peace that passes all understanding. In the middle of the Isle of Patmos, he still shows up as comforter. There's a second way. Let me take you on down. Verse 18, 
Now Jesus is talking, and he says this, I am the living one, I was dead, and now I'm alive forever and ever. Note takers, number one, comforter, number two, conqueror. He showed up as conqueror. He said, John, look, it is me. I'm the one they put on the cross. I'm the one they put in the tomb. I prophesied myself. Three days later, I'm going to come out of that tomb, and I did. And Lake said, can I just tell you, even as Pentecostals, I just believe with all my heart, we need to be excited about the fact that Jesus is alive more than at Easter. More than it, I mean, 365 days a week, Jesus is alive. And according to Romans 8 right now, he's seated on the right hand of the throne of God, making intercession for us. Look, some of us need the peace. We need the comfort in the house. But somebody's got situations before them today. They need God to come in as a conqueror today. And I'm glad to be able to preach that he is a comforter and a conqueror. He is our peace and our power, ladies and gentlemen. He covers it all for us. He's a comforter and a conqueror, see. I want to do a little illustration here so we can kind of see this. How many ever felt like your problems were bigger than you? Would you lift your hand, all right? How many are are not going to raise your hand no matter what I say today? Would you do that? All right, just kidding, just kidding. Pastor, would you come and help me, please? You thought you were just going to relax there today, all right? Pastor, would you do this? Would you just stand right here facing this direction, if you don't mind? I appreciate it. Now, church, I'm going to need you all to use your imagination right now. If you don't have any, borrow from your neighbor. You're going to have to really stretch yourself here, okay? Use your imagination, because for this illustration, pastor's going to be God. Your wife's struggling with this. I want you to know. Yeah, you're struggling. All right. How many will remind him after the illustration he's not God anymore? Come on. All right. Just for for this. All right. Okay. Pastor Seth, I need you to come help me. JC, I need you to come help me. Where'd he go? There he is. Oh, this side. Yeah, you guys. I need you guys to stand right here facing. There we go. JC, come on in here, man. Sorry, did I wake you up, brother? I'm sorry. I apologize for that. All right. Okay, it's good. It's my bad. That's my bad. All right. He don't want me to ever come back. I'm, I'm messing with his nap on Sunday, man. Okay. All right. So for this illustration, who's this? Talk to me. This is God. Okay. These are my problems. How y'all doing, guys? Huh? Well, that's quite a reaction here from this church. What? How many believe I picked the right two guys for this? Huh? I'm just saying that's the best response I've had all morning right there. A lot of hands went up. Okay. Okay, can you see it now? Did you ever feel like me and that your problem stood between you and God? Did you ever feel like that? Okay, same 10. I can go with that, all right? So I'm over here still knowing As a follower of Jesus Christ, right? No matter what we're going through, God's our answer. Okay, so I'm over here knowing, man, I got to get to him. But I got problems between me and him. So I'm over here 
reasoning in my own mind, right? I'm thinking, okay. I got to get to God. I'll just go around. Oh, dude, you're awake, man, huh? Yeah, you're leaving me hanging in front of the whole church, aren't you? Yeah, it's all right. Okay. You ever feel like your problems follow you everywhere you go? Man, I know I got to get to God, but man, I, they, they going with me. That, okay, so let me ask you this, because I do this. You ever get mad at your problems? <laughs> you ever just get mad? At them? This is the holiest church I've ever preached in. I think y'all holy, ain't you, huh? I get mad at them sometimes. Do you ever just want to say to your bills, get out of my house and get, get out? So sometimes I just get mad. So you know what? I'm just going to barrel through. Hey, that's a little extra there, guys. All right? That's a little extra. Do you see that? It's like workman's comp here. I need, I need a little. Just kidding. Just kidding. So my problems are stronger than me too. So, okay, so now... I'm going to pray them away. That's what I'm going to do. Because God answers prayer, and so I'm, I'm going to, Father, I pray my problems will be gone. No, they still here? They, am I preaching to anybody in the house? Huh? Man, I've done, now, in case you're sitting there going, preacher, jump them. You see my short-legged Oklahoma guy here. That ain't going to work. Huh? So come on, here. Sometimes aren't we, like we've done everything. And man, I've, I've even prayed. And they're still there. So here's what God's saying to us today. When we can't get to him, he's going to come. You enjoyed that, didn't you, Pastor? I saw you did. All right. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Thank you for helping me. He's no longer God, and they are no longer a problem. When I said y'all aren't a problem, you just got three amens. I've been working with ten today, all right? So don't get excited about that. Thank you for your help, guys. I appreciate it. Now, you might be sitting there going, yeah, but you know what? They just let Pastor Gary step through. Can I say to you, friends, I believe it's that easy for the Lord to step through our problems. Come on, do you? I believe that's simple. It's so hard for us. I couldn't get around. I couldn't press through. It's difficult. I need a conqueror. And with ease, the Lord's just saying today, I'm ready to step through your circumstance. I'm ready to step through your situation today. He's coming to us as comforter and conqueror in Jesus' name. He did it for John. Hallelujah. He'll do it for us. Amen. One, one more final thought. Thank you for not clapping for that. I appreciate that. All right. Last line, verse 18. It's going to draw our third point here. And I hold the keys of death and hell. Comforter, conqueror, carrier of the keys. Carrier of the keys. We're going to have just a moment of confession here today, okay? I'm going to ask you to confess to something. In fact, when I ask this question, you raise your hand. If you look around the church, would you see if somebody doesn't have their hand up, but they should point at them? Y'all ready for me to go back to Oklahoma, aren't you? Huh? Huh? 
So we're going to. So here we go. Here's the question. Everybody, tell the truth. Don't lie in church. Remember Ananias and Sapphira. All right. Okay. That took a minute, but it did work eventually, didn't it? How many have ever had the distinct privilege of ever locking your keys in your car? Would you lift your hand right now? You've ever done? My Lord, revival just broke out. I should have started with that. In that. That's fun. Are you like me? And when that happens, you, it's like something you know immediately. It's, it's like not you don't discover it later. It's like, you know, the door's closing and you're going, oh, you know, one of those things. Last time for me, true story, I'm out in the middle of a mall parking lot. The door's closing. Keys are still inside. Finally closes. Now, I don't know why we do this next step, friends. I don't know. It's like it's going to help, but I've done it. You've done it. We see everybody doing it like it's going to change things. We peer through the window. Yeah, there they are. And we do that for a long time. And it's like, okay, for me, now I'm just talking, maybe you've experienced this, but for me, I'm like, wow, okay, so the Spirit comes on me immediately. Spirit. Not the Spirit of God. The Spirit of stupid. I'm like, I can't believe that I've done this. Now, I got to tell you about this guy then that walks by and asks me the dumbest question I've ever been asked in my life. It's true. It's the dumbest question. He walks up to me then. I'm frustrated. He says, what'd you do? I said, well, I locked my keys in my car. Here's the dumbest question I've ever been asked. He said, really? How'd you do that? Have you ever walked away from a conversation and thought of something you wish you'd have said? Is that ever? This was one of those moments for me. I thought, I've got an answer now. I want to see this guy again. If he says, how'd you do that? I got an answer. My answer is now this. I crawled out the exhaust pipe. He acts like I planned that. I think I'll get up today, go to the mall, lock my keys in my car, stand there and look real stupid. So we call a friend or family member, duplicate set of keys. That's what saves us. Some of you wondering when I'm going to preach again right now. Duplicate set of keys come in. We pull those keys out of the car, and we vow to those keys and God, I'll never do that again. <laughs> How many's done it twice? Would you lift your hand? All right. How many would like for me to stop at two? Would you lift your hand? All right. That's good. All right. And we get angry with the keys like it was their fault. We get mad, stupid keys, you shouldn't do that, you know. The same thing that saves us, duplicate set of keys. Here's what I want you to catch. Come on, would you smile even if you got to fake it? Come on, because I'm going to tell you this. Jesus just said, I have the keys of death and hell. And to that set of keys, there is no duplicate set. There's just one. And if Jesus has them, the devil don't, which means he doesn't have permission to keep us locked up and bound. You should catch this line. Don't miss this. Hell has never created a lock Jesus doesn't have the key to. And in my travels all over this nation, I see the enemy coming into church. Can I preach to the church? I'm not preaching the world right now. I see the enemy coming in the church, locking people up. Oh, it's different stuff. A little bitterness, a little unforgiveness, a little depression, 
little physical problems. I'm preaching better than you're amening right now, huh? Yeah. Locked. We locked up. We Christians, we believers, but we locked. So here's what I can see in the spirit right now. I can see the Lord just walking through this sanctuary saying, I got that key, I got that key, I got that key, I got that key, oh, I got that key. Because hell didn't create a lock, Jesus don't have the key to. And in the spirit, I just hear locks falling all over the place right now. And people getting set free to a level. Oh, because we need the peace sometimes. We need a comforter. We need him to lay his hand on us sometimes and speak peace over us. There are other times we need him to bust through in power. But there are also times that he needs to say, I got that key. I got that key. And on the worst days of his life, John the Revelator experienced it all. And so can we. When we can't get to him, he will come to us. Father, thank you for that promise today. Thank you that you're our comforter. Thank you that you're our conqueror. Thank you, Lord, that you're the carrier of the keys in the house today. Thank you for what you did for John the Revelator, and I pray you'll do it for us now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Heads are bowed, please. Eyes are closed. I'm going to ask God's people, please, right where you are, would you just pray with me? Could we just bring our thoughts toward God right now? I'd like to ask two questions. As a ministry guest, I am now accountable for this service in heaven and because I don't know you or your journey with Jesus. I feel very important that I start with this question, and it's this. Are you in right relationship with Jesus Christ? Is he the Lord of your life, the Savior of your soul? I don't know the condition of your heart, but the Lord does today. So I have to ask first, is there anyone today? And you'd say, boy, man, I'm lost. I need a Savior today. I need forgiveness of sin. Would you put your hand up, make eye contact with me, and just say, Lynn, that's me today. I, I need to make things right between me and the Lord. I'll not wait long. Maybe I preach to 100% believers today. I don't know, but I have to ask. Scan the church just one more time. Just one more time. All right, believers, as we continue to wait in the presence of God, I'd like to ask... Who in this house today just needs the Lord to walk by and lay his hand on you and say, do not be afraid. You've got some chaos and you need a comforter. You need the peace of God that passes all understanding in your heart and in your mind today. And you'd say, Lynn, would you pray the peace of God over me today? Slip your hand up and write back down. God sees half the church. That's half the church. Peace, peace, peace.
who would say, Lynn, I got a problem bigger than me, and I need the power of God to step in and heal today. Would you lift your hand? And I need a conqueror. Amen. God sees it, 10 or 12. God bless you today. I need a conqueror. Who needs the carrier of the keys? You feel a little bound up in certain areas of your life, and you need to be set free before you exit this church today. Just quickly, hand up and right back down. Just acknowledge, boy, I need the carrier of the keys. God sees that. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Friends, would you please stand with me all over the church? Would you? Do you mind? Do you mind? I ask you to look this way if you don't mind. Thank you for being honest in the house. Feel the presence of God while I preach. Would you please just permit me an opportunity to pray for you before you leave? We need God to come to us, folks. Because a preacher can't do it and a church can't do it. Your spouse can't do it. Your friends can't do it. But he can. If you need the peace, if you need the power, if you need the carrier of the keys today, would you just separate yourself from the rest of the church by stepping to the front? Just let me pray over you today. Would you do that? There's probably 30 or 40 people, so you won't be alone if you raised your hand. I I need the comforter. I need the peace of God. I need the conqueror. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Those of you still standing between the chairs, would you do something with me? I just really feel like maybe you're looking up here and and maybe it's a friend or a family member standing up here. Maybe you even know the situation and why they responded. Would you come get behind them right now? Maybe you don't even know them, but you're just drawn by the Spirit to come and pray with them. Maybe would some of you men come get behind some of these guys? Do you mind, ladies? Do you mind just that? Thank you. Thank you for doing that. And I just, I just sense we need some support up here. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Just lay your hand up on them. Oh, oh, we know the Lord's about to touch them, but sometimes we just need somebody else. Thank you to just lay your, if you responded, just extend your hand to heaven. And would you just ask the comforter, the conqueror, the carrier of the keys right now. Those of you back at your chair, stretch your hand, please stretch your hand. Come on, let's turn this into a place of prayer. Hallelujah. We wait in the presence of God all over this room right now. Would you speak the word peace out loud? Everybody, come on. Just as many times, come on. We're shifting the atmosphere in this house right now. The enemy has assigned chaos to lives to destroy. And the peace of God is prevailing right now. Do not be afraid. Peace, 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 peace. Peace. Whether you're in the altar area or back between the chairs, I'd like everybody take your own hand, lay it on your head right now. I'm going to pray over your mind right now. Father, I speak peace in our minds right now. To so many, the enemy has assigned depression, worry, fear, anxieties, 
But today we lay our own hand on our head. And we declare the peace of God to take up residence in our mind. Father, right now in the authority of the word of God through the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, I cancel worry. I, I speak to those that have had trouble sleeping for months. Devil, I command you to loosen the grip of worry and depression, anxiety, torment. Right now, I'm compelled to pray. Lord, I, I pray for those who are being fed by the enemy in the form of nightmares and bad dreams and they're tormented even in their sleep. I cancel those on the authority of the word of God right now. Peace will prevail when we're awake and when we are asleep. In the name of Jesus, our minds will be at peace. <laughs> And I declare over every person in this place, starting tonight, we'll sleep better than we've slept in months because we've had an invasion of the powerful peace and presence of God. Thank you, Lord, for peace in our minds. Do that with me, church. Just lift your hands to heaven right now and just thank God for peace. Come on, do that. Lord, I thank you for peace in my mind right now. I, I thank you, Lord, that my heart is at peace. My mind is at peace. My spirit is at peace. Peace, peace, wonderful peace. Peace, wonderful peace. Thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. I think some of us need to make other declarations. We need to learn to use our own words to stand in the authority Jesus has bought for us. And, and, and you know, I, I just want us just to wait another moment. We've already declared peace over our minds. Some of you need to declare victory because the conqueror is in you. And he's for you. And He's not against you. He has a future and a hope for you. And we need to cast down all thoughts that we're going we're gonna to crash and burn. We need to cast down all thoughts that we're going to lose the battle. When we're connected to Jesus, we don't lose. I'm not saying everything turns out like we want it to. I'm not implying that. I'm saying whatever these circumstances are, that these problems that stand in our way, it's not dependent on our toughness or our whatever. The conqueror lives in us. I just want you to make this declaration. If that's you, you got problems. You've been hammering at them. You've been hammering at them. And it just, you, the, the, that thing just begins to percolate up in your heart. I just don't know if I'm going to ever get through this or over this. I just want you to say this with me. I win in Christ Jesus. I say it, I win in Christ Jesus. Again, I win in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
want you to look at somebody beside you and I just want you to simply say this, you're more than a conqueror through Christ. You're more than a conqueror through Christ. You are more than a conqueror through Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, God's been convicting me of what comes out of my mouth about me. He's convicting me of what I allow to linger in my thought stream. We need to learn to push out ungodly beliefs or ungodly thoughts, push them out by inserting the Word of God. We've got to learn to do this. Whoever controls our mind controls our destiny. And some of us have entertained thoughts that don't line up with the inheritance we have in Christ Jesus. We've, we've let our thoughts go that way. We've been influenced and it's time to put a fence up and say, do not enter. Amen? Father, in Jesus' name, we set our heart and we set our mind on the truth of your word and the truth about Jesus, who is our conqueror, who is the key holder, who is our comforter. Lord, we right now repent of allowing stinking thinking. We repent of allowing unbiblical ideas to control our thoughts and emotions and decisions. We repent, Father, because you've given us victory. And we stand in that today. And Lord, when we walk out these doors, the enemy may want to jump up and start whispering again. Lord, give us the awareness and the willingness and the boldness to push that stuff out with the Word of God in Jesus' name. Can you say amen to that prayer? Me, Lord, that's me. Hallelujah. God bless you.